Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. My dear good friends, a couple weeks in church, my pastor started his sermon with a story about a truck driver who stopped at the truck stop, get gas and get a meal. And as he sat down for his lunch, a group of unruly bikers happened to come in and start causing trouble in the place. And they came over to him and for some reason started picking on him and took his lunch away and ate it in front of him, mocking him all the way. He uh, quietly got up, paid the tab, gave the waitress a really nice tip and walked out. I, I had to go out to the car. I was playing organ. I forgot something in the car. So that's about the time that I walked out. And as I was walking out, I was thinking, that's a man of Christian virtue. How many of you would agree? See, you know, you can raise your hand if you think. Yeah. But in the second service, I heard the rest of the story. That after he left, the bikers continued to cause a little trouble, but they made fun of him. They they said, man, is a coward. He, he wouldn't even defend himself. They called him a sissy and called him a whole bunch of names. And right about that time, the waiter chimed in and said, yeah, he's a pretty bad driver, too. He just ran his semi over a whole bunch of motorcycles out in the parking lot. <laughs> now, be honest. After hearing that story, how many of you are cheering for the truck driver? You know it. Because each and every one of us has that little revenge factor in our hearts, don't we? How many of you love it when you're driving down the road and somebody speeds by at a high rate of speed and a little bit later on you see them pulled over by the cop? Yes! Right? How many of you watch movies and find yourself being really happy when the bully is bullied? And why is it that we love that kind of revenge and all of those things in our, in our life. Well, we all share something that needs to be addressed today. And that's the heart that struggles with attitudes of hatred and revenge. Not, not one of us here can deny that we don't think the kindest thoughts when we get bad service at a restaurant. Or when somebody dings our car in the parking lot. My wife calls them inconceitedents. Or someone fires off a whole bunch of expletives when we do something that they don't like. And the fact of that matter is, is that unchecked anger and hatred and resentment and that, that spirit of revenge have a way at eating away at our soul. Someone once said, time heals all wounds. Hawkeye Pierce and Mash said um, that, that time wounds all heals. And only one of those statements is right. Anger and hatred, if left unchecked, isn't going to go away. It's not going to be soothed by time. But it can become a festering poison in the heart. I'll not forget one of the funerals that I had when I was in one of my congregations. And it was a, a family that that the siblings just, just hated each other. They couldn't get along. And the only reason why they were gathered that day was to bury their father. 
And I'll never forget the moment when after the interment, they were all standing around each other and I just prayed, somebody talk, somebody break the ice, somebody try to make amends. And they all turned around and walked their own separate ways. The danger with such hatred and resentment in our heart is that it is a poison that can eat away at the soul, a poison that can even so much as to destroy the precious gift of faith. Jesus says, if you refuse to forgive, if you refuse to give up on your own hatred and resentment, you are asking him to forgive you in the very same way. And that should scare the bejeebers out of every one of us. So today, Jesus says some very radical words to us. They totally upend the the unconventional thinking. Uh, A writer many years before, before Jesus said, love your friends and hate your enemies. That's the way that the world thinks. That's the way our stubborn nature inside of us thinks. But Jesus says to us today, love the unlovable. It can't be any other way if we want to be his follower. So let's take a look at what he says. Now, some of you might think these words are familiar because they're words that you find in the Sermon on the Mount, right? Love your enemies, that that was part of that long sermon. Some people think that that our text from Luke is, is a reiteration of the Sermon on the Mount. Others think that maybe Jesus had to give this particular lesson to his people on more than one occasion. And whatever the case, it is important for us to remember with these words that he is not talking about getting into the kingdom. He begins by saying, I say to you who are listening, he's talking to people who are filled with faith that was worked in them by the Holy Spirit through the gospel. He's talking about people who know and rejoice that their sins are forgiven and have a new nature inside of them, a new heart that daily fights with that sinful flesh. Jesus makes it clear to us if we are to follow him, our lives are going to be radically different from the world around us. In the Sermon on the Mount, you might remember, he talked about things like our attitude towards towards adultery, um, that, that it is a sin to even think about somebody else other than our spouse, or that he hates divorce then and he hates divorce now. He, he talked about, about the use of language, of cursing and swearing and using the name of God in vain. And he said, all of these things have to be different because you are different. You need to make a difference in the world. And he tells us today that we are to, as he did then, are to be different in the way that we treat those, especially those who we would call our enemies. All of these things show that our thinking is not to be like the world around us. Love the unlovable. It has to be that way. Because he said, if you love those who love you, what credit is it to you? Anybody can do that. To be sure, even sinners love those who love them. 
And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do the same thing. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to be repaid, what credit is to you? Even the sinners lend to sinners in order to be paid back in full. We can't be just like the world around us. We need to be different. Because the heart inside of us, the heart that was created by the Spirit in us, the heart in which Jesus lives is different. And Jesus shows us that by his own life. He loved his enemies. And when the Roman soldiers were knocking, knocking nails through his hands and feet, and his enemies were standing there cheering him on, what did he say? Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. Jesus models this in his own life by taking our hatred, our anger, and our suffering and and resentment and, and suffering the punishment for all of those sins. Not only the ones that we have already done, but the ones that we do until the day we die. And he took away not only our sins, but the sins of the whole world as well. And this is grace. This is gospel. God chooses to put his anger away for your sinfulness. He put it away by putting it on his son. Jesus didn't wait around for us to do the right thing. He died for miserable sinners like you and for me. You know, God's courtroom is not like our courtroom today. Our courtroom is... Our, our, our judicial system is set up to convict, isn't it? God's courtroom is radically different because in that courtroom, God says, you are forgiven. You are justified. You are not guilty because your crime has already paid, been paid for. And God gives us this verdict of not guilty freely. It's, it's grace. It's not something that we earn or merit or deserve. And it's important to remember that, that God's law is not going to change our hearts. God's law only, only agitate the, the sins inside of us and, 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 and it does nothing more than that. The law doesn't give us any power to forgive our enemies or any of those other things the law says. Only the gospel, only the gospel can transform our hearts so that it loves with God's kind of love. Only the gospel can lead you to believe that the love of Jesus is inside of you. And only the gospel can move you to choose to love as Jesus has loved you. And look at the lengths to which that love went for Jesus and then see the lengths that he wants you to go with your love and mercy to others. He says, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone strikes you on one cheek, offer the other two. 
If someone takes away your coat, do not withhold your shirt. Give to everyone who asks of you, and if anyone asks away, uh, takes away your things, do not demand them back. Treat others just as you would want them to treat you. And boy, our sinful nature really, really hates to hear those words. Because we so much, by our, our nature, want to hate those who hate us and hurt those who hurt us. But Jesus' mercy is what, what we bask in ourselves. And we realize that only his mercy will not only calm our hearts, but it is the only thing that will repair and restore relationships around us. And so Jesus says, be merciful even as I have been merciful to you. I remember reading once about a pastor in Florida whose son was killed by a young man on meth. And after the man was put in prison, it just so happened that he was placed in the same prison where this pastor was a chaplain. And imagine his surprise when one day he started a Bible study and there was his son's killer in the back of the room. How would you react? And every week he shared the gospel. And by the time the young man went out, got out of prison years, a couple of years later, short sentence, but a couple of years later he came out and he became the second son to the pastor and his wife. Even at one point, the pastor officiated at the young man's wedding. That doesn't happen if you just let revenge live inside the heart. It doesn't, it doesn't just go away. The, the paradox of Jesus' message is not simply just knowing about mercy. It is believing that mercy is something that God has given you and that you in turn can give to others, even the unlovable. And here's another thing to consider from our text. Hatred and anger and revenge is a way that we sinfully judge others. And so Jesus said, do not be judged. Do not judge or you too will be judged. Jesus doesn't want us to judge others unjustly because he knows we're going to mess it up. And that's why he always tells us in the Bible, as, as we heard in Romans, that vengeance is mine, says the Lord. You see, God is going to take care of things for us. Either he will bring a person who, who has shown hurt and hatred to us, either he's going to bring that person to repentance and that they turn from their wicked ways, which is, which is what he wants us to pray for. Or he will deal with that person in judgment and send them to a place where he will be forever experiencing hell, of, uh, the hatred of, of hell and resentment and all of those things for an eternity. And that's something that we pray never happens to our enemy. And then he says, give, and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. 
In fact, the measure with which you measure will be measured back to you. Do you understand what that means? When you and I let go of our hatred and resentment, the poison in our heart will wash away. And a life of peace and a good conscience will set us free from the guilt that we feel and the attitudes that we struggle with day after day. Being merciful to others will prove that Jesus lives inside of us and that he has, by his grace, chosen us to be the salt and light in this unloving world. But here's the final kicker. The unlovable aren't just the people out there who put dents in our car or shout obscenities when we make them angry or mock the good name of Jesus by their sinful actions and lifestyle. They aren't just those who hate us because we love Jesus. It's the students that I have to teach every day who at times can be very unlovable. It's the people you have to work with in the office. It's the kids who rebel in your home and the parents that just don't, even, just, just don't seem to get you. It's the spouse who you are madly in love with but who hurts you and who sometimes unintentionally or sometimes even intentionally really put deep wounds in the heart. And Jesus says today, let it go. Get rid of that poison in your heart, that poison of anger and hatred. Just like Jesus got rid of the poison that damns you by nailing it to the cross. God has given you his grace. Be gracious and love the unlovable. When needed, say to them what you need to say, Jesus, every day for being an unlovable person. Say, I'm sorry. But more than that, say those three words that free you from the poison of hate the words that Jesus says to you, I forgive you. Love your friends, love your family, love your enemies. As you have been loved by God, love the unlovable. Amen.